0: The interview you're about to hear was aired on Planet Philadelphia on Germantown Community Radio at 92.9 FM, WGGTLP, Philadelphia, and gtownradio.com. Linda Rosenwein and I are very happy to be having a Zoom interview with two Philadelphia musician educator activists, Julie Beth, who is a music therapist, and Anya Rose, who is a science teacher, and they're going to be telling us about some of their musical projects. Thank you both for speaking with us. Could you tell us a little bit about
1: yourselves? Sure. Um, my name is Anya, and I am a teacher of elementary students and also a musician. And um, I'm interested in environmental activism and how I can bring that to young people in effective ways.
2: And Julie? Yeah. Hi, my name is Julie. I am the other half of Ants Analog with Anya, and we are a kids and family socially conscious family music duo. Um, We like to say that we play music for children and childlike people. And we have a a strong focus in our music on social justice and um, bringing messages and values to kids and families um, in the best way that we think is is possibly deliverable, which is obviously through music. And um, in my other life, I am a music therapist.
0: You call yourself Ants on a Log. Where did that come from? (laughs)
2: <laughs> well, we met uh, about 6 or so years ago and we realized that we both play ridiculous songs that were clever and silly and it just had never occurred to us to form a kids band. So when we formed a kids band, we had to find something to name it after and we went through several iterations and possibilities and we landed on our I don't know, this this snack of my 90s ch- or 80s childhood, I would say. Is that Mm -hmm. how you remember it, Anya?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I I know we had some other names we were going with, but this one, uh, I think you road tested it with your housemates and they all liked Ants on a Log. And it also provided a good visual. We invited
3: you because you have written and acted in a musical about the environment. What is your musical called?
1: Yes, so it's called Curious, Think Outside the Pipeline. And it is about two children who organize their community to fight against the oil uh, refinery expansion in their town. And it's just about their various adventures with disillusionment and political avenues. And then they finally end up seeing some success when they organize the people and they realize how much power they actually have as individuals if they band together.
3: So what inspired you?
1: We, were, we wanted to write a musical. We wanted to experiment with the, the format of a musical because most of our shows are, um, you know, one song after another that aren't necessarily related. So we wanted to experiment with writing something with a story arc. And we were looking for topics that were pertinent to kids' lives and to local lives. So this Philadelphia refinery issue was big in the news right about when we started – we started like conceiving of it in 2015 and this was happening And the oil refinery was still in, in quite active operation. So there's been a whole story after that, which happened after we wrote the musical, which kind of parallels the musical in a way, which is kind of cool, which we did not predict.
2: I would add that it was, uh, also unpredicted how, how local, but also how global it was after, well, Anya went to a bunch of protests that summer. And I remember I was, I run a camp during the summer. And I remember Anya writing me at camp and saying, you, you'll never believe what's going on in Philly, like, you know, this, and then kind of just describing the whole movement, let's get involved. And then, um, you know, we started writing when I got back that summer. And then we learned about this young girl named Greta Thunberg, who was this this amazing young activist and we were like this reminds me of someone we know oh the character we just wrote (laughs) yeah so it was really this lovely reflection of of a greater thing that was both in our local community in philly and also the whole world was now talking about this and the youth were leading this whole movement
0: what do you want to convey with your musical do you want to have children feel they're empowered do you want to have the environmental message or is it
1: more than that I bet, I wonder if it's different for both of us. For me, it's um, it's about asking what is actually important. I think when it comes down to us, if we don't have a planet to live on, that's that's a pretty big deal, <laughs> bigger than bigger than many. I would say all other deals. Um, even as an adult, I have trouble understanding the correct avenues of communication. Who's in charge of what? How do you actually? have make a change. So I think that kids now in 2020 are getting interested in contacting politicians and writing letters and and making a statement and I I think more education about who to talk to and how to do
2: it is helpful. So that that's like that's a big part of it for me. At the beginning we decided that we wanted to convey not one answer to the climate change problem we wanted everybody to stay curious and um, i'm glad we did that because at the beginning the solutions that the science community was talking about have definitely morphed since and they morph every year and what people think is the solution changes so what we were more concerned with was people and kids figuring out that they need to come together as communities and that they need to think about creative ideas and I would add gender into this, where we sort of thought that this is a new alternative angle to the sort of patriarchal hierarchical view that solutions often take. Um, And I think that climate movements are getting that right now. They're more working in a creative, you know, community circles avenue as opposed to just one white man at the top saying what to do.
1: Yeah, I'll add something, which is that we rewrote the ending and I really struggled at first with our first ending because it felt like there was, I didn't know what the answer was. And even over the course of the past five years, I do feel like there are some more clear answers, one being the importance of community organizing and how much power individuals do have when they band together. Um, But then the other thing is that we we rewrote the ending and I think it's a really strong message. So we, we ended it with a song called totally unrelated and it's the businessmen who are, who are these silly characters who um, just care about money and they just want to expand the oil refinery and they don't care about anything else but that. Um, And so they, we gave them an extra song at the end called totally unrelated And it's about how the community actually did make a difference and they stopped the oil refinery, but the businessmen are never going to admit that. And I think that is like a really important message for young people of all ages, including people in their thirties to know that when you succeed for stuff like this, nobody is going to tell you, congratulations, all of your efforts worked, especially not the people that you were fighting against. So I think it's just like a really good message for young people to know that success doesn't always look like somebody shaking your hand and congratulating you. It might just mean the oil refinery closes,
0: yay. That sounds like a very good message for everyone. (laughs) Yeah. Well, And it's related
3: to your remark about patriarchal systems.
2: Yes. And we really wanted to reflect Who's doing the work today, you know? And the main character of our show is a young girl, and then she has a non-binary sibling. Um, you know, I'm really proud that that's who we're putting on stage and showing that these are the people doing the work. You know, we're acting out the characters, but that's who kids are seeing doing the work in this play. And um, lots of parents have come up and thanked us for, you know, all of the above, making making the protagonist a young female scientist, um, making one of the protagonists a non-binary character and you know it's really it's really powerful to see this like sort of silly silly reflection of the businessman and one of the characters is a mansplaining older uncle his name is uncle steve and he uh he learns to listen and to not be a mansplainer during the play so we sort of wrapped wrapped it all in there
1: (laughs) (laughs) do you have dreams of having children
0: acting in your
1: play yes we had two, two instances of people who almost put the play on and then didn't. Um, one was a middle school te- teacher, friend of ours. She was actually in the play in the original cast and she is a teacher and um, she wanted to bring it to her sixth and seventh graders in Philadelphia. And she did and they practiced and everything but then it kind of fell through. I think they had some attendance issues and, and then we had another school in New York that almost put it on, but then the pandemic messed it all up.
2: Mm-hmm. And well, they I would say that they did put it on. I mean, they yeah. They, the way we got connected was Lucy Calantari, who is a Grammy winner of kids' music from two years ago. Her son goes to this really cool school, and they were like, "We definitely want to put on this play." And even though the pandemic hit, they kept rehearsing on Zoom, and then we got to see lots of cuts of the play they zoomed us in and they I consider that a performance for yeah, us. Yeah, it
1: was amazing actually. That was yeah. like, oh my god, this is what we're doing this for. And that was like the most proud I had felt throughout uh. the process was seeing those kids saying the lines that we had written and talking about stopping an oil refinery. I I have nothing to do with my school's drama program or anything, but I was influenced by my own elementary school music teacher who wrote her own musicals and her name's Frumi Cohen and she has a website I think it's like Um, and she writes these very powerful heartfelt um, musicals that address real issues that kids are really struggling with. The entire process of putting on a musical or a play is really about the process and learning about what is this musical about why are these characters saying and behaving the way they are and such a great opportunity for middle schoolers. It's, I, I, just, I see so many missed opportunities when middle schools put on kind of superficial plays. They, I, I feel like every middle school should really think hard about the topics that they want their plays to be about because the kids are listening. And that may be one of the few things they're listening to at that age.
2: Who are you thinking your audience is? Okay, we we usually say that our musical is for first through seventh graders, and we've definitely had younger siblings who have attended, who have sat through the whole thing, which has been a pleasant surprise. Um, And we also play concerts for younger kids and elementary, middle school. Um, And then we have discussion guides that we have put out with our plays when when people have attended in person. Um, Those have been aimed, too, at um, you know, a family sitting down and talking with their elementary or middle school kids. There's a lot of stuff in this play that's, that's really good for, for quite a range of people.
3: So <laughs> as, as a science teacher teaching children, what has been your experience? Um, what has worked and what hasn't worked in teaching them about the environment?
1: Okay, well, yes, I will teach elementary age. Um, yeah, what works is finding what they're passionate about. On their own. What doesn't work is me giving them what I'm passionate about. <laughs> so I have to find creative ways to guide them towards different issues and just see what sticks. So I think ha- having good resources, credible, hearty resources is really helpful and curating some ideas for those resources, but then really letting the students look at that and then take that further has worked for me.
3: Because in a lot of schools, there isn't much environmental education and even less on climate change. Partly it's a new topic. Partly it's politically fraught, some people think.
1: There's been like a false dichotomy of well, we have to teach both sides, and there aren't two sides. The the falsehood is this is controversial because some people believe it's caused by humans and some people don't, Um, but it doesn't really matter what you, uh, the Neil Neil deGrasse Tyson quote goes, the great thing about science is that it's true whether or not you believe it. (laughs) So I I think there's a little bit of worry that people might be a, upset i don't know because it, it affects business and money but i haven't had any pushback yet knock on wood <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah well we had a, a
3: professor of journalism and environmental studies who said the journalists used to think you had to present both sides right. and they finally agreed that no you should present what most all scientists think
1: yeah exactly
0: have you seen effects from the musical has it inspired new actions do you think
1: I don't really know <laughs> I think I think seeing those kids seeing that zoom show of those kids in New York City that spoke a lot to me about that th- that this was successful otherwise I I don't know but that's me and I'm j- jaded
2: I agree I am jaded too and I also agree that that was, like, a highlight of my career because just watching these kids, like, really take it in, especially because we use the word oil refinery so much, and we really, you know, we were like, are kids going to understand what we're seeing? Are we going to explain what an oil refinery is? Like, how is this going to work? Um, yeah, but watching those kids really get it made me feel like we were doing something. And I don't know. I have I have a, a niece who... Um, will say precocious things to us that reflect (laughs) what she saw in the show and, you know, she's smart and lots of other kids are smart. So I, I have to think that this is, this is seeping in somewhere and it's, it's an ingredient in their future socially minded actions that they take in life. And then, you know, more concretely, um, we had a lot of actions and sort of, Tabling happening when we were performing the show in person. So, you know, people signed up for um, Mom's Clean Air Force, Philly Thrive, all sorts of, you know, ways that they could get involved. They signed petitions. We had kids write postcards. Um, You know, they're not like environmental activists necessarily. They're coming to to entertain their children. Mm -hmm. Um, They might care about the environment, but they wouldn't have necessarily, you know, intersected with Philly Thrive or any other organization. Um, So just that meeting, to me, is a huge success. You know, just just that they are learning about this and that, you know, our fans are hearing because we post on our website, hey, did you know what Philly Thrive is doing? And also shout out to Philly Thrive because they do such a good job of involving youth um, and involving their communities in their actions that I feel like if, you know, the small minority of people who get involved because they maybe saw this play or because this play was the third thing that they heard about this week about environmental (laughs) justice. And they're like, I guess I'm gonna do something. Um, You know, Philly Thrive and other places like this are actually providing a place for them to get plugged into. It's not hard for them to get plugged in. So all that to say, we're an ingredient in some wheel that's moving somewhere. (laughs) Yes. I know you
3: both of you are musical and that's one reason why you chose this vehicle but can you say some more about why you did it in the way you did it i mean there's so many different ways of communicating and and reaching people why did you choose these ways
2: sort of going back to the last question i think a success for me is watching the kids walk out of the show and singing either the lines of the Sort of greedy businessmen villains, which just go (laughs) make it big, make it tall. Let's get rich and build it all. And they they realize what they're saying because they're embodying it. You know, they're they're singing what we're saying. They're holding their strong muscles up like we did on stage, and they're understanding what we're saying. And um, and I think that that is just so much more powerful in a hundred obvious ways than any like textbook or any any way that you could learn about this kind of stuff. But I will say that we, Anya and I, both have a lot of personal experience with the things that are music sticking with us. I always like to say that I learned all of my history from singing We Didn't Start the Fire by Billy Joel. And, you know, I remember sitting down and asking my dad, who's Harry Truman? Who's Doris Day? What's, like, just all of the (laughs) lyrics of that song. And so I personally know that music sticks with me. That's true. That's how I learned. And, you know, maybe not every, maybe not for everybody, but definitely for A huge swath of people.
1: And for me it was all of Tom Lehrer's 1969 that was the year that was album which I still am like oh that's who George Murphy was.
0: How can people hear
3: your music or see see the show or maybe there's a film
2: coming up I heard? Yes we are so grateful we got a residency at the Strand Theater in Maine and in March, uh, we are producing the film for them. So, this is a new version of the musical. Um, so, it's going to debut as a multimedia format. Um, and you could check out antsonologmusic.com for all those things. And we
1: brought on another
2: ant, just to give proper credit. Yes, <laughs> we have another ant named Emily Schumann, who is a fabulous artist and um helping out in so many different ways we have music and music videos um, we have a patreon account which we love when people support us there because that is the most sustainable way that we can continue making our socially conscious music for families which i think people really need right now during this pandemic when everybody's home and figuring out how to educate their kids what's the patreon address look up oh thank you the patreon is patreon.com/antsonalog um, we are also very active on Facebook, Instagram, a little bit Twitter, so everybody should just follow us at your choice of places and Spotify, and we'll see if, uh, you know, post-pandemic what happens. But in the meantime, I'm really excited that this film is coming out, because that'll be the, the next best thing. But if you listen to the soundtrack, you get the entire musical. You're not missing any dialogue, you're not missing any story, so you can really sit down and listen and get the entire Except story. Except you
1: don't, you don't hear our new ending.
2: That's true and they should know that this is
1: an um,
3: award-winning parents choice award and gotten a lot of grants from local art um granting foundations from the office of sustainability and maybe other places and the leeway grant also yeah huh.
2: okay yeah Great. thank you for mentioning that
0: thank you it's been really lovely speaking with you and good luck and your future performances, hopefully post-COVID, we'll see you on the stage. <laughs> that would be great. Thank you. <laughs>
1: Thank okay. Thank
0: you so much. This was a lot of fun. And we'll see what your
3: next musical is. <laughs> 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 Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye. Yeah, bye.
0: I hope you will consider making a small monthly donation to help Planet Philadelphia continue presenting interviews on important underreported environmental topics and exploring their complexities and intersections. Thank you so much for your support. If you want to know more about Planet Philadelphia, go to planetphiladelphia.com. You could also find out more about other G-Town Radio programming by going to gtownradio.com. Thank you for listening.